Hey, what it is, world? Welcome to another episode of the Moss Talk Podcast. I am your host, JJ Moss, and I have another special guest on the podcast from my motherfucking city of Memphis. And it's an honor and a pleasure to have this brother on here. Uh, not only I've been a fan of his musically, but I've also been a fan of his work because uh, he's a dope ass photographer. And we're going to get into his whole his upbringing and everything, man. Uh, if you ever heard of the phrase, the elephant, then it's associated with this brother right here. Uh, he is the founder of the agency. And uh, also, if you ever heard of the title Kiss the Trump, then it's definitely associated with this brother right here. A lot of you all may know him as used to go by Crisis 901, but he goes by another moniker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Moss Talk Podcast, the one and only Jacob Trump. What's up, Andy Boy? What's up? What's up, what's up with you? Thank you. I, I appreciate you even inviting me on the show. It's a, it's a, oh, man, you it's know, a, I, it's I, an amazing. I, I, yeah. Like, I had to get you on here, man. I had to get you on here. It's, like, it's a lot of people who, who create that, that don't get a chance to be appreciated. So, so every moment that you get appreciated, I mean, is is important to 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 man, Yes, yes, man. I'm just glad that I'm saying I'm able to get you on my platform, man, because I've been a fan for you for a very long time, man. So, uh, we're gonna when we get at the genesis of Mr. Jacob Trump, man. What part of the city you uh, you from, man? Uh, okay. My my story is complex. So so I I was born I was born in North Memphis. So uh, I'm, na- I'm natively like I'm a North Memphis baby, like three eight one oh six, like middle middle of North Memphis, like um right there, like Chelsea Imperials, right there, like Guthrie Elementary, like this where this the area that I'm from and, and around yeah. the time around the time of uh Around the time when I was about to start school, like kindergarten, like we moved to Frazier, and uh, I ended up going to like Jordan Hill. So like we were we were in that uh that Frazier like Bay and Bay area, like like deep in the Bay, like on um, like I, was, I stayed on Dimple. I stayed on Dimple. And, okay. Okay. Uh, stayed up, stayed on there. Um, for yeah, pretty much my whole my whole like high school, like everything up to high school, I stayed in Frazier. Um. Real, real cool. My upbringing was 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 a blessing. I would say that I had I had both parents. Like a lot of a lot of people don't get a chance to have it. Like I I got a chance to see to see the the beauty the beauty of, of seeing a relationship that that works and cares for the offspring and 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 that and that is really the reason why I'm, I look at life so positive. Like it's a it's a reason like. I feel like it's everybody should feel like like I did growing up. Like that's a that's a thing for me. Like I want I want men to be in the lives of children. I want every everybody to be on the same accord. And I think all of it goes to the upbringing. So it's it, I, I was I was a good I was good. I ain't getting too much trouble. I uh, I pretty much was I, I stayed to myself. I was isolated. Like I'm not a I'm not a real social person. Like like outside of music. Like music is one of the the ways that I get myself out to people because usually I'm just kind of like I, I be in my own little silo and I create and, and I kind of I experiment and I let people in and then and I just kind of take it from there. But but yeah, like it's pretty good though. Pretty good. Now, so what for you? Were your parents like strict or anything? As far as like were they strict on you? As far as like what kind of music they let you listen to? Uh, not. I mean, I, I want to say that it was a. Uh, we had we had a good mixture. Uh, like my father was mostly uh, it's like Sam Cooke, uh, Otis Reed, and 
and, and my mother was like gospel 100% of the time. So it was, and then like, as we got a little older, like you start to, to get a little creeps of uh, like R&B to, to come in a couple of, a couple of different like genres of music you get exposed to. But for the most part, growing up, it was just gospel and like, old like soul, like blues and like my father loves blues and it's just a, there was the, the time I, the type of atmosphere I, I had growing up like as far as music. Yeah. So it's basically safe to say that uh with the with your parents and them basically you know instilling that type of music to you kind of made you have basically have an old soul. Oh yeah. Yeah I can I can definitely say that uh because at this point in my life I live what you could you could say a farm. So like so like at this point I'm I'm really like one of the you could say oh so because I, I feel like i have been here before like it's a i feel like a lot of the stuff that people get excited about i don't get excited about so it's like i feel i feel like i'm in a in a lane of my own that's why that's why when i do create something it's, it's typically not like everybody else's because it's like i'm not chasing the same i'm not chasing the same things like it's when i when i create something it's, it's more about the the journey of creation compared to when i get done creating this how many people is gonna buy like i it's kind of like the 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 genesis of like why of like why I changed the name from Crisis to to Jacob Trunk because it's, it was the the reinvention like it was the it was the creation of something else like mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to create a, a entity a a a, be, a body of work and a and a music a music a musician that like it just embodies a lot of things and and, and I, I just wanted to create something just just completely different like completely now uh speaking uh rap wise you know uh, where we come from the city of memphis we already have a rich musical history uh who were you i'm saying starting to listen to within the city as far as rap wise uh well when i when i first when i first ran across like hip-hop for the first time it was around like 10th grade like i was in i was going to frazier and i uh I had one of my homies, uh, my trickers. I remember, he, uh, they were they were writing a rapping class. We was a biology class, and they was like, "Man, you should write a you should write a verse to this." And like, <laughs> and I ended up I ended up writing a little 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 four eight bars or whatever. And like, and it was trash, of course. But like, <laughs> but that but that's what sparked the the interest to wanna to wanna continue and start trying to figure out whether I could like really like like test the pen and, and try to become a, a swordsman of, of sorts. So like they, they kind of started it and I and I was I first was introduced to like like my first tape I, I bought I bought a cassette tape. I bought BG Chopper City in the ghetto. Right. Classic. Classic. And I bought it right down the street from 201. So it was like there was the my first tape I ever bought. So I listened to that until I broke the tape and then after that I got introduced to uh like most of the Memphis people like like your your project patch, your uh your Juice J's, your just basically everybody from Three Six Mafia. Like that was that was the the start because I listened to Project Pat. I think Project Pat is probably my favorite Memphis artist ever. So it's yeah, like I, I've I've heard you make statuses about that like a a lot of times. So I'm saying you always yeah. I'm saying you always pay homage and salute to Pat, man. Ah yeah, cause cause really because can't nobody can can imitate the fact that he he created a lot of flows that people use now like you can't you can't take that away from pet and then if you listen to his music he, he was the first person to take 
something that was so gr- so grungy, so ghetto, so hard, so raw, but he made it seem so soulful, and it was, and it just it created something completely different in Memphis, and like, and I and I appreciated it, and that's that's something that I wanted to take into consideration when making my own music like this, like that's a that's an influence that that like it shouldn't it shouldn't die, like it should it shouldn't be like one when Project Pat stopped making music, it should it should be somebody this that takes what what he did what he did and, and not necessarily take it like in, like copy it word for word but allow yourself to be inspired by what came before you the greatness that came before you and then and just do it in your own way and and like just taking it and become better because it's all about co-creating the space like this is just like the the tech industry like whenever somebody comes out with a product like another company can come in and take the the, the acknowledgments and the and the the knowledge learned from the, the the first product and then they can apply it to theirs and, and make small upgrades and make more money and mm-hmm. in, in hip-hop this is what we do once we drop it once you drop a new flow on the song it's out there in the world so now somebody can take it and, and create upon it and do something different and then all of a sudden now it's a new product and now you got to co-create in the space so <laughs> i think that, i think that's what it is so it's it's, it's, it's it's as far as like people from the city and it, it, i mean it's not it's not just them it was a, it was a lot of people it was uh even people from my neighborhood it was a dude named player black not not gangster black it was a dude named player black like and they had a song. They had a whole CD called a rap game, and that, that was one of the most influential things in my upbringing. Because in Fraser, like he was the first person I saw that was rapping. Like then somebody from the neighborhood that actually dropped the tape. Like I'm like, bro, you can drop a tape. Like like you actually can can like put out a CD. Like that's crazy. And like I was trying to record with him, and I never could. So it's like whenever I did get a chance to record, I just I just kind of took it around with. So. Oh man. Now as you uh basically you're on your musical journey, like you started basically like studying the greats and stuff like that. Like when I know a lot of us when we make the decision to, to pursue like rap, and a lot of us choose a lane. And one thing I can say about you, you are a supreme lyricist. Like what made you choose the lane of wanting to be a lyricist? Uh around the time of Around the time of the beginning, like it was when I first started rapping, like I, I thought it was uberly important to to have the best vocabulary in the world. Like you had to know all of the big words. Like you had all your words had to have seven syllables. Like you had to not even understand the verse for it to be bumping. So it's like I, I went through that whole phase when I first started. So so really, my like my rap style has kind of digressed to try to conform like my extra verbiage for no reason into into something that was malleable to listen to and like to be able to consume and and enjoy it and keep playing it back and forth because like it's a like listener fatigue is a thing too like a lot of people don't understand about listener fatigue don't don't ain't nobody gonna listen to you constantly hitting you hitting them with bars when if if you're not giving it a chance to breathe, when when you can have people like Chris Stapleton, like I know it's not the same genre, but you can have Chris Stapleton write seven seven words in a sentence, and it can mm-hmm. feel different than you saying seventeen words in a bar. Like it's it's all about it's all about what you say and how you say it, compared to just finding the the most eloquent way to say the same thing. So 
but but that's that's kind of that was kind of like the beginning of where the, my like my thought process on lyricism is where it started. And and then I mean I, I listen to to a lot of different genres of music, and I and when I listen to genres of music, like I I listen to them and I try to break them down in in terms of like like tones and like beats and in in the way that people sing. I try to break that down into like a, a tempo, and and then I use that to create flows off of. So if somebody singing a note, like I try to catch it, and and if I can catch them where she where they break in certain notes, like if I can catch the timing of it, I use that to try to make a flow and, and make words to to kind of match up with them and just do different crazy stuff. But I mean, but a lot of the stuff it'll be still on my computer because the stuff that I haven't released because there's like a lot of the stuff that um, a lot of stuff that's this beautiful to me like the consumer base at this point is like if they not asking for it, it's like yeah, there's no there's no reason to continue like pushing something that nobody wants so it's like but this but, but yeah this, I know that's going into another topic but no nah, you good you good you good, yeah, good. Yeah. uh now. How supportive were your people when you made the decision to pursue music? Uh, I, I, I'm a real like when I say isolated, like I was, I was isolated to a point to where like, like I really wasn't even gonna pursue music for real, for real, like un, until because because I started doing it around the time I was in uh in high school, like like I said, tenth grade. And and I I called myself rapping and I was trying to hang around with some people that were pursuing the, the dream and I thought I was doing it in the first place, but I ended up running into some people in some bad like business situations and it didn't and it didn't pan out and eventually I kind of got back to I kind of got back to myself and started trying to trying to take it seriously around like 2013 mm-hmm. and like and like 2013 that was like the when I can say I officially started, I officially started back because uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember uh, Sky Sky Beats. You remember Sky Beats? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she, um, her, him, her and my and my homie were, uh, were were cool at the time, and I ended up meeting her through him, and like he was my best friend or whatever, and like she and she heard some of my music from him, and she was like, "Man, you sh- you should keep rapping, like like." Why, why would why would you stop rapping and like and they kind of started me back up and I started taking it seriously like around like around thirteen and and like at that point it was it was really just 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 put them put it out put some things out see what see what sticks and and then it just kind of just kind of blossom just blossom from there. So. Yeah, cause I uh, I can remember like at time. Um, Cause it was like I think y'all was like all y'all all y'all was affiliated with each other. Sky Beats, and it was a lot of y'all, man. Like, and I can remember, you know, what I'm saying every time it'd be like a music showcase or something like that, or y'all doing some like y'all doing some kind of showcase or something, man. It'll be it'll be like a plethora of y'all. Cause I think you worked with uh, what's that Young Quake too, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a whole lot of people there. It was a whole lot of y'all, man. It was like a big underground scene, man. That shit was dope. Yeah, cause then. That was a great, a great time in Memphis history. It and if people didn't like embrace it while while it was here, like I like I know COVID kind of put a put a little a little halt on stuff. But but we gonna get it back soon. Like like people been throwing shows, and uh, of course, it's, I'm, I'm hoping it's safe as possible. People been throwing shows, but uh, 
but we but it's coming back like that the time that we were doing all those shows it was like it was it felt like a brotherhood it's like every like one person had a show on this corner then two blocks down somebody else had a show on on, on this block right here somebody downtown with a show somebody around the corner with a show no matter where you go it's somebody that got some music somewhere so so there was a there was a beautiful time i'm, I'm really anxious and, and and ready to get back to that like i'm I want to get back to that for real. For real. Yeah, man. Because uh, yeah, Missing one of my uh, my childhood partners actually is a Re Double, and we, we was talking about that one time. Man, he was just talking about how like because he was part of a, a wiring uh, generation and shit like that, and yeah. just how that underground scene was at that time. Because like a lot of them shows, I couldn't you know what I'm saying make it to because I was working all the time, but I could I kept up with it on my timelines. Like oh, I know they killed it. So either when you was posting some videos or he was posting some videos, Scott Beast posting some footage and shit like that. That's like man, that, that underground scene was just so dope at that time, man. Yeah, it, it was just, deep. It was deep. That's that's the thing. Like it was it wasn't just one person. It was like. Yeah, it was a plethora, y'all. It was a whole laundry list of people that you could come and get different types of, of great music from. Like depending on what mood you was looking for, like you could you could pick somebody to go listen to and you can enjoy yourself. So, so that's what well, that's that's the beauty of Memphis, and, and I and I feel like in the the shine that's on Memphis right now, like it's like it, it's it's popping on Memphis at the right time, like right when the world opened back up, like. Right as the world opening back up, like Memphis, right in the middle of everything. Like we got, like Moneybag got the number one album in the country. Like, I mean, like shout out, shout out to Moneybag. Like it's yeah. a, and then the fact that like it's just the light shining on the city. So, so it's it's time for it's time for people to really just get into it. Like, like just knock shit out, do what they need to do, and, and might make this shit work. Now, uh, how did you? Uh, who was all a part of the agency, and how did you end up forming it? Oh, no, deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, man, I had to sit up and, and write a whole page of people that were involved <laughs> in the agency. Oh, uh, but but essentially, like the the agency is was a conglomerate, like that, that we we set up and, and we created. Uh, like it, it first started with with me, Stephanie Chambers. Uh, right now you got let me rattle them off. I don't want to miss nobody's name. It's been so it's been so long since I rattled off everybody. Uh, but start off, you got proper king. Like mm-hmm. in the in the original agency, you had like Rico Fields, you had yep. Jay Fields, uh, you had Jay Trills. When he was still calling himself Jay Trills, the Trills game now. Uh, yeah, who was it? Who who else we had? Uh, Black Black came towards the end. Right, we had um, had Jay Discreet towards the end. Like it was Jay Discreet. My Jay, first of all, like Jay the Street is a monster on his he is a monster on his own. So he he needs no no team, no nobody to be beside him at all. But Yeah, I had him on the show a couple months yeah. back, man. Shout out to Jay. Yeah, the the fact that the fact that when when Jay came on and he he added his fire to to what we to what we brought to the table, it was it was a great it was a great thing. Like it was, it was something that it was something that was was amazing for the city, and, and to see him continue to grow and to continue to uh, to to be at a to be at an apex of his career to date 
And for him to still be rising, I can't wait to see his show at uh, Coyote Ugly. I'm supposed to be taking some pictures there at, uh, at Coyote Ugly. So it's like we we interchange and they helping each other out and uh, shot shot some videos for him, did some some different things. Like he been he been all across the country with it, all across the, the mid south, all across the, the southern region. So so it's like Scree was a, was a great addition. Like and like I, I say, everybody was in in the agency. Like there was a great acquisition like you got ball mine that came in like ball mine production at this point like ball mine is one of the best producers in the city in general like like listening to ball mine beats like he the dude dope the dude dope for real like juniors one of the best vocalists in the city junior has been on so much so many people's songs background vocalists like everything like it's like that I can't say enough about about the team we had. Mon E, like Mr. Boa, like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Like we had a whole, had a whole conglomerate of things that, that were going on, and, and I'm and I'm looking forward to to what the the future holds. I can I, I can say that much. Like it's as the, as the world as the world opening up, man. We uh we gonna don't get yeah. what they want. Is is the yes, song? <laughs> Now, uh, what was one of your first projects you ever released? Uh, first, wow, first project I ever released. Uh, the the project was called National Treasure Book of Crisis. I, I dropped it. I dropped that mixtape in two thousand and thirteen when I when I first officially decided that I was gonna try to try to do hip hop for real, for real. Like I wanted to try to to actually try my hand to to do this rapid thing and, and try to make a name for myself. Uh, I, named, I named myself Crisis 901 because I feel like I was, anytime I walked in, it was going to be a problem. It was going to be a <laughs> So it's like, you know, I'm from Memphis, so it's like just add the 901 because because I'm going to be the only person in the world that's going to have Crisis 901 in their name. So I, I just I just thought it was it was good. It, it made It made sense. I, I got my book full of my book full of words and I read my dictionary and I and I got to work. I did 13 tracks and, and I put it out and we went to uh Lane College uh homecoming, I think that was, and I went and passed out CDs and and I got a and, and I got a good chunk of, of love from people in, in Jackson. Like and not, not Jackson, but uh, yeah, Jackson. But it, it was it was the the really the precursors to everything that happened in Memphis and and this same love that I got there uh, when we started really doing shows and uh, at the time me and uh, Stephanie Chambers uh, were trying to come up with a way to to promote the, the music that I was creating and, and we decided to create uh, DOA and, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I remember that yeah I remember yeah. that and and during during that time it was a it was a way for us to to help people in the city because like it wasn't a it wasn't a real true underground scene like not for us like it was an underground scene for like people that were on already but not for the people that were just starting out so like we wanted to create something that was completely different and and, and, and we accomplished it like she like it, a lot a lot of the leg work was, was on was on Stephanie's hand but she she did a lot of the planning so so it, a lot of a lot of it is her is her brainchild with as far as uh as far as like everything just coming together like it was a it was a, it was a good match it was a good match everything everything worked out like we, we use 
use the platform to the to the extent it was supposed to be used for, and, and we we created a, a dope movement, a dope movement, and it was and it was appreciated. Like I, like I, I look back at them on them days and I smile. Like like that's a, like that's what hip hop is supposed to be about. Like you like you get on stage and and you just need the microphone and the fans, and that's it. Like we. Had, we at the hub and we getting it in. Like that's the like for people who the OGs in the city, they know what the hub was. Like when you came to the hub, you know you were going to rap. So it's like so it just had that kind of aura to it. Like shout out to Elf Dub. And uh yeah, it was dope. dope. Now, what I would like to get into is one I would like to call an underground classic. Kiss the trunk. Okay. Oh man, I can remember. Uh, you y'all was going so hard with the promotion on that man, and yeah, I can remember being uh present for the uh Facebook Live listening sessions and just like man, you was really going hard on the promotion, man. Uh, tell me, like, what uh, how did you come up with the title first of all? Oh man, like, um, <laughs> funny, funny story when I came up with that title. Uh, Friday Black hated it, Friday Black hated the title. <laughs> And, and he might not. I, I look. I love the guy so much, man, because he was so honest. He was so honest. I could. I couldn't. I couldn't be mad. He was, he was like, bro, I like it. It's like, okay, but I, I got. I believe in it. I. I feel like it, it. makes sense, and I think it's gonna go with what I'm trying to do. And he was like, bro, if you, if you, if you believe it, bro, you got it, right? But I don't like it. And then eventually he came around where he he started rocking with it. But uh, but kissing trunk was was really because at that time I just felt like I was. Cause I had been on the scene for a while and I was doing some shows and I was, and I was doing some, some, I mean, I was just kind of getting around doing some open mics and doing some actual shows. And, and I feel like, you know how when, when you get a chip on your shoulder, when you first start out, you act like a don't know about it and listen to you, even, even if you ain't did everything you need to do on your end, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Else, like you come in with the chip on your shoulder. So it was like, I ended up like just feeling like I was like, I was overlooked. And then and then around the time I uh, I call I started calling myself like the elephant in the room. So so when I when I came along with the moniker of the elephant and the main thing was about like the elephant in the room is the thing that's really really big but you act like it's not there. Like the thing is that no matter what you do you're not gonna be able to get away from it. But you still looking at it like you're trying to look past it and there ain't no way to look past it and like. And kissing the trunk was just paying homage to the elephant in the room. Like, don't like, don't act like you don't see me. So, like, I just wanted to to create something that was that was like a there was a real fluent album. Like, cause cause they, and kiss the trunk was a mixtape. They weren't even know like I wasn't even going into kiss trunk kiss the trunk with, with like the perception that there was gonna be like a defining like thing for me. Like when people heard it, that they were gonna really like put that on the on a platform that a lot of people put it on and this and to me to this day it's still I won't say surprising but it's it's humbling because cause some things that, that I did I thought I could have did so much better but some people were like nah you should have kept it exactly the way it was like it was it was perfect the way it was and like yeah, yeah. And like, but but yeah that's the kiss the trunk was like it, it was just really really basically just me me telling people to just like I ain't, I ain't angry about it or nothing, but I, I you just like pay pay point, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just, I would like you to pay homage to the elephant in the room, like, like I ain't, it ain't like I'm a screw up right here, like that's all I was saying. So, 
Yeah, because I remember I, I purchased that on because uh, uh, I think it was on Google Play. I remember when, I remember when it was yeah. released. Yeah, man. So I remember them days, man. Like I said, I just I just love being like, when I got the alert that you was doing a listening session for it, and I was just being present for it, uh, being on the live and just like listening to us. Like, man, this dude got some dope shit. Dude got some dope shit. I appreciate it, man. I I really do. I really do. Like the 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 nice the nice of like listening to to music that you created and and trying to play it back and like the. The anxiety of hoping that people like it and hoping that people understand what you're trying to put forward. Like it, it's it's just great to get some kind of feedback from people to say like, okay, what you're doing is is doing this for me. Like no matter what it is, like it's doing this for me. Like it, it just make it all work and make it work. Yeah. I know the for I know for a fact that you always you know have music in your heart. But uh, when did the transition happen from you like putting the pause on the music and getting into the photography? For you know, you get to a point where, like, sometimes, like, I want, I want call it burnout, but I just feel like it was, it was a moment for me to to sit back and, and kind of get some, some different ways of, of looking at life, like, in, like, no matter how, like, no matter how old we get, like, it's always going to be a, a new thing that, that's going to change your opinion about something like it. Because you're going to be forever malleable as long as long as you're alive. Like, as long as you keep an open mind, you can always grow to, to become something different. And and photography was, was something that, that helped me to to kind of uh, take the journey to that in my life. Like, there was more of a... Because taking, like, taking pictures is more of a... A therapeutic thing for me like i, I do it because i i love to, to to look at how how people can never look the same no matter how many times you take that picture like you can take the same picture in the same position and it's not going to be the same photo because they they skin the skin looks different like they they head move a certain way like it's a it's another moment in time anytime you capture moments in time i think that, that some things should be shared and some things should be captured forever and it's like and they, they kind of started my passion of want to be a photographer and, it, and I, I was taking i was like learning about photography before i picked up the camera like i was already two years into the knowledge on photography before i even learned how to do the shutter speed so like as soon as i picked up the camera i was already i was already ahead of the game so like soon as I started, people were like, "Wow, how did like how you start taking pictures this this good this fast?" And it really wasn't like fast, but it, it just it just ended. I ended up catching on quicker because I would already appreciated art, especially like Renaissance art and, and portrait photography or port like portrait art that the people used to do in the in the olden times. Like the, of course, like your know, major paintings like the Mona Lisa and. Uh, Gabriel paintings and all your your like the all the stuff that, that looked like Zeus all the paintings. Yeah. So like so like I was already inspired by it and, and like I look at uh, Annie Leibovitz the uh, photographer like she she's one of my favorite photographers uh, to to look at like the work to look at so she she makes people look a, a certain way and I and I think it's it's important to be able to capture people the way that she captures them because she she captures people in the in the rawest setting to where it, it seems like it's lifelike. You can look at a photo and feel like it's right in front of you. So that's the 
that's the people and this things that I'm inspired by. So that's that's kind of what drove me to to try to pursue something else. And, and taking a pause on music was just like it was just giving myself a time to to grow and and just and just taking the pause then didn't mean I stopped. I just stopped putting out as much because I, I still got stuff on the computer that people hadn't heard and I still got songs that I I popped up at shows and 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 perform songs that, that I've never recorded. Like the songs only exist when I perform them. So like I I be looking for moments to like pop up on people and like and if I get on stage and I break out a song you ain't never heard it's because like I already have them on like I just got them on deck. Like I got songs just you got them in the tub. <laughs> yeah they just like I don't like folks don't need to play with me man that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying <laughs> Now, uh, do you ever plan on releasing on uh, releasing some of this uh, unreleased shit? Some some of this stuff you got in the tuck? Uh, yeah, yeah. My uh, I, I keep pushing it back, and and, and it's my fault. I, I really need to stop playing and just go on and just go on and do stuff. Cause the more I think about it, the more I kind of I kind of I push things to the to the side, and, it, and it's my issue as an artist. So I can I can be open and honest. Like I'm. I'm a I'm one of the people that, that I love to create, but it's like after I create it, like whether whether the mass is here or not, it's, it's not my it's not really my like my goal. It's like it's because since I'm doing it for for so much of a of a personal therapeutic thing, like it's, it's not so much about the the fame and the accolades that I want to try to achieve from it. So I just gotta force myself to to like be okay with things and just let and just let the, the world have them because I feel like some of the stuff that I, that I have it, it, it could help somebody. So so I, I I'm a, I'm gonna take people's advice because people have been telling me to drop a lot of the stuff that I've been that I that they hear me perform. Like they ask like after I get off stage, they ask me where they can find it, and I say it don't exist. <laughs> Yeah, well, just know that I can't wait for it to be released. I can't wait. I, I got you, Ryan. I, I I got you. I um, and what? But where people really don't, what people don't know though, I um, I release a lot of things on Bandcamp, but I I don't promote it as much, and that's and that's my issue. Like like I said, this is like me pushing it out to people has always been the thing, and that's why I was so appreciative of you uh, inviting me on the podcast because this is because because this is the the most that I've even really talked to people, and especially since uh, since the lockdown happened, like like this is like post COVID. Well, I ain't gonna say post COVID, we still inside it, but but this is after the drama, and we kind of getting to the other side of it. Like, yeah, we almost we almost back open up. Yeah, yeah, we we soon back up and, and getting ready to and get ready to hit full force. Like I'm, I've, I've been working with a, with a lot of people, like people. Especially like on the um, behind the camera, but but still in front of the microphone as well. Like I, I've been I've been dropping some features. We I got some some stuff in the work with with a few people. So and uh and it's always gonna be the agency. So so whenever so whenever it's whenever we come outside, man, just let just let you just let them know, man. We outside. Like I just you just gotta get it right first. We outside though. I already know, man. So, uh, man, I just want to thank you, man, because uh, you know, uh, even though we had never had the chance to meet personally, man, because you know, because I was uh, a fan of yours before I moved out the city or what like that. I moved uh, back in 2016, and you I said, always, you say you're in Knoxville right now, ain't you? yeah, I'm in Knoxville. I'm in Knoxville. Okay. And, uh, 
I moved back in 2016, but you know, I always kept up, you know what I'm saying, what you had uh what you had going and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Cause I always made sure I wanted to stay tuned with the Memphis Underground scene. What if it was you, Jay Discreet, Virgos? And it's a, it's a lot of y'all, man. It was a lot of y'all that you know I I, I fuck with because y'all also are superior lyricists, man. RE double, it's a lot of y'all, man, I fuck with, man. So that's why I always make sure I stayed in tune, man. That's always I stayed in tune. Man, that is real. Man, that's that is heavy. That's heavy accolades, man. I, but I, I appreciate it, and I, and I take that to heart, man. Like I got, like I got some, I got some stuff this this in the works because I got because my my next project I'm 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 saying it on here because because I'm I'm saying I'm gonna drop it and I'm, I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna make sure you get the link to it so I can go yeah. yeah. But uh, but the, the project is called uh, Dark Coffee Vanilla Lemonade, and uh. Oh, and it's so, and it's this is gonna be the 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 full length project. This is like, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking like twelve to fourteen tracks type type deal. Like mostly like eighty percent eighty percent solo songs. Like getting like really getting it to the to the nitty gritty and kind of like kind of like getting into the 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 details of kind of how I grew up and like, I know we kind of scammed on it in the, in the interview as far as like just me growing up and being from Frazier and I, I'm going to get more into like uh, just the, the emotions and the feelings of, of, of how, how I felt living, living like I was isolated, even though I had uh, people around me that, that really cared about me. Like I spent most of my, most of my childhood, like, like, like away from people, like, like they they come to like you in, in order to talk to me you got to come to me like and that, that's kind of how I was so like in the in the mood in the I, I say I'm about finna say in the movie because that's really how I feel to me like like this is gonna be like a it's gonna be like the story of who of who Jacob Trunk is like from the beginning and and this is gonna be what I use to kind of build the whole like dark coffee vanilla lemonade to show to kind of show both sides of, of who I am as an artist is like. And then, because as much as I do the rapping, it's like I do the singing too. So, and it's, yeah, you do. Yeah, you definitely do. Like, I love like a lot of, and a lot of people, like I, I sang, like I had an opportunity to rap and sing for a, uh, for a Sony A and R, uh, and and he told me he signed me as a singer before he signed me as a, as a, a hip hop artist, and like, and this, and that's the craziest thing because it's because I've always looked at it as the complete opposite, like. Right? It's like I always been a rapper at heart, and and like no matter how like, cause me, cause I haven't even talked about the singing in this whole interview, and it's like that's a whole other, that's a whole other bag because like I, cause like being in a church, like like we we sang so much, like cause like when my mama listening to church music, we was in church all the mm-hmm. time, like like she made sure we was there, she instilled the word in us. And, now, you already know how the, the whole Bible built thing get down, so you already know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, like, but all of it, all of it, like it, it, it just kind of it, it made me into. A, and it's like I don't want to talk talk about myself like I'm in a third person or something. But it's like I I look at I look at my artistry as, as something that's this is gonna be something different, like because because I, I got some things in the work that's that's gone that's gonna tie in the music and the photography together, and and it's more of a and and like my. And my music would be more of experiences than just than just songs. So like you, you, you kind of gotta see, you gotta see what I see, you kind of feel what I feel for you to be able to understand some of the stuff that that I'm that I'm really trying to portray in, in the light that I want to be like kind of put in. So 
So like we, it's, it's gonna be a great, it's gonna be a great year. Like twenty twenty one is 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 looking to be good, and I'm I'm just anxious to to share with everybody. Well, I'm letting my viewers and my listeners know, man. My platform is always open if you need any promotions. Uh, like far as when you get close to, you know, a promo one for the project, man. I'm always here, man. She uh, hit me up, and you know, I'm always here for you. Always love and respect over here, my guy. For sure, for sure, for sure, man. I appreciate, I appreciate talking to you, man. This this is a this is an amazing platform. Thank you for this. This is this is the like this is legit. Like I, I was, I'm looking at this like, oh yeah, I, I can rock with this. I can rock with this. Okay. All right, man. So, uh, any, any last words before we get out of here, man? Uh, uh first off, man, just uh, shout out to the, the Mouse, JJ Mouse, Mouse Talk Podcast. Uh, I, I just, I just want to thank everybody for for tuning in. Anybody that, that wants to to catch up with me or to follow me or talk to me on another platform, uh, just follow me at Jacob Trunk, J-A-K-U-B-T-R-U-N-K on uh, Instagram, on basically every social media platform. Just type in J-A-K-U-B-T-R-U-N-K. I'm the only one in the world that's named Jacob Trunk spelled like this. So, like, really, really outside of that, man, thank, thank everybody for tuning in. Like I said, thank my Most Talk podcast. Uh, I appreciate the, the time and opportunity to to talk to everybody and, and express and talk about my story. So ho- hopefully we can uh, be a part of each other's story going forward. So we definitely you. are, man. Like we definitely, I'm gonna make sure we definitely uh, we're gonna keep in contact because uh, most likely I will be in the city uh, this summer. So I'm gonna definitely make sure we link up, my guy. For sure, for sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm JJ Miles. This is Jacob Trump, and we are out.